to Shaken and Disturbed, everyone. I'm Darren Karp, and I'm here with um, a happy mother for Mother's Day. I'm here with John Thrasher. Rachel Maddow. Oh. Rachel. Oh. Oh. You know, it's Rachel. You know, I just learned this at Watch What Happens Live. So everyone says Rachel Maddow, which is how I feel like she's colloquially yeah. known. But it's actually Rachel Maddow. Did she talk about that on Watch What Happens Live? As Yeah. yeah. As in, like, she's like, no, it rhymes with shadow, not <laughs> shadow, which is interesting. <laughs> that makes sense, actually. So I'm really impressed with you that you actually got it right. But how are you, Johnny Boy? Did you have a good Mother's Day? Thank you. Oh, yes, I did. Thank you. I um, saw my mommy, and she, we had a nice little thing. I got her a little coffee maker. Um, it's like not a coffee maker. Well, it is a coffee maker. It's a thing where you? you can grind beans, and it makes a fresh cup. But it's like real small and perfect for her kitchen. So kind of like an espresso, kind of. Yeah, like in, the se in that sense, yes. Um, do you call your mom? Mommy? No. Oh my God, are you sure? No. Are you yes, hiding? No, your, are you hiding? She's just no. mom. But that being said, all of you people listening, you can call me mom, mama, mommy, madre, whatever you want to call me. It's oh, funny you have my permission to call me daddy, daddy anytime you guys want. Anytime. Yeah, you've got anytime. the fun one, daddy. Um, I know. But I will say, it's funny you say you just asked me about that because I had a friend of mine. It's kind of relevant. I'll just say he's a straight man. And... They, those still exist. They still These exist. Days? Believe it or not, you might be listening <laughs> to this show. They're not extinct. And you might not believe it, but it's true. They still do exist. And his his dad called his phone one day when we were all like hanging out. And we all saw his phone and it said daddy on it. And we were well, like, that's a little oh. weird. And he got like very offended by it. But anyway, it was just funny that you would ask if I call my mom mommy. Because my friend had daddy in his phone, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, no, that uh, I have my dad in as pops and pops, my mom yeah. as mom. Yeah, same. But I, but I, I always say like, ma'am. I always say ma'am, like ma'am. -am. I'm like, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> I'm sure she loves that. I'm sure she loves. Yeah, uh, you know. It, so oddly enough, yeah. So my mom, big fan of Shaken and Disturbed. Love okay, that. like she's such she, a great support. She knows this comes out on Sunday. Mm -hmm. She walks to us on Monday mornings. Oh, that's okay? cute. So okay. Sunday rolls around. And I was very busy or I was out of town. I don't remember what I was doing because I'm normally checking. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, where is Shaken and Disturbed? Now, for my mom to tell me <laughs> about my own podcast was yeah. a little embarrassing. Yeah. Okay, It was a little embarrassing. That but is. I hadn't opened my podcast up that day because I was very busy and I was working. And so I was like, what do you mean? And I was yeah. like, it's normally downloaded like in the morning. So I went to go check because I thought maybe she just didn't like refresh. Well, this is Sunday you're saying, right? Not Monday. This was Sun Sunday. This was Sunday. But she was like, I she was like preparing She's for her Monday yeah. walk. So I was like, oh, my God. And so yeah. I text you, of course, and you were like, I wonder if I just hit yeah. PM instead of, a, uh, instead of AM, which is what it was. But she was like, yeah. I need my Monday morning. Like, she's like, I, I need it. taking it a serve for my Monday walk. And I was like, if John's not working for you, Mom, I'll fire him. Like, yeah, I no, have that she, authority you have to that fire power. him from our you family. Do. You are I the did. daddy in that sense for in a lot of ways. And, like, if you want her to become a carpenter, <laughs> you know, like, you're, you're on thin ice there, buddy. That's right. You are on thin ice. It's funny because... Um, We'll get into what we're drinking in this week's case, but just as a little aside, so I Instagram storied a picture of myself the other day. Mm -hmm. This was if this was on Sunday, I probably did this on Monday morning. Okay. So you're not gonna be able to see this Instagram story. But anyway, I was wearing this um button-down shirt for my show that had a lot of fish on it. And That's I was so like, hard. I was like, when your shirt matches your name, yeah. right? And it took a lot of people too long to figure oh, it out. God. Like people were like, 
Darren? And I was like, no, carp. Like, Darren what are you Fish? talking about? I was like, like really? figure it out. Okay. But then one listener, and I, it would take me too long to look it up. One listener, so I'm yeah. shouting you out and you know who are, you are. It was like, <laughs> I love this. And they were like, of course, according to John, it would be a picture of like, of like, you know, hammers. furniture and like hammers and nails. nails. And I was like, God, I love you so much. For those for who don't, John out. for those who don't know or can't remember, I thought Darren's name was Carpenter for about five to six months of the beginning of our friendship. I have no yeah, idea. Why. Solid, a solid eight years. He thought that. So, you but, know, but it, quickly, it I, I do want to sort of give myself a little defense here about the show. Oh, because here we go. let me tell you this on Sunday, it was exactly what I said. Darren texts me. She was like, Hey honey, um, don't want to bug you. Which, by the way, you're never bugging me, so don't ever. I know, say but that. it's also like you're the one doing it, and like <laughs> you know how to do this stuff, and I don't, and I'm completely no, ignorant. So yeah. it's like I don't want you to be like, I don't want to be like, what the fuck? I just no. want her to be like, I'm sorry to bother you. Is it I up? never think that. Listen, it's our. This is us together as a family, so you never worry. It's about me, that. you, and my mom. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's me, you, and my mom. We have mom. one listener, and it's your mother. Um, <laughs> yes. No, but Darren texted me, and she was like, "Um, the episode isn't up yet," and I had just left my house, so I was like. Of all times, like, and I had a lot of things I had to do that day. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm sure I remember scheduling it. It's not like the episode wasn't finished or something. I remember scheduling it. I was like, I'm sure I put 8 p.m. instead of 8 a.m., which, by the way, if you didn't know, they come out on Sundays at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Right. And, and by the way, I've done that with my own alarm. Yeah. We've done so that many times, times in my life. Yeah. Like, it's, it's yeah. common. It happens, whatever. And, I was, I got so busy doing what I was doing. Like I had to run to pickleball. I had to do a bunch of these errands that were very time sensitive from like Mother's Day and things like that. So I was actually in the parking lot waiting for my mom. It was a long story about what we were doing, but I was in my parking lot and I was like, I've got to get the show up. Like I can't, I'm sure that it was just that. So I am so prepared that for something like this to happen, that I downloaded this thing called, um, Chrome remote desktop. So if you use Google Chrome on your desktop and you want to access it from your phone or iPad, you can download this little installer thing that goes onto Chrome. You connect it with your app and you can log in on your phone and use your computer from your phone, which I should have been able just to like log into the site, but I just didn't have any of the login details and I knew they were saved on my computer. So I'm in a parking lot on my little iPhone, and I am literally like scrolling around, like with just my little index finger. You just dee dee dee. Yeah. I go back up to you know Audio Boom, who is our amazing uh, host of the show. They host our our files. Love us some Audio Boom. And lo and behold, 8 p.m. So I just quickly little doot 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 da da da. Up it went. Everyone's happy. Your mom took her morning walk on Monday as Thank planned. Thank God. Yeah. Thank but God. I will say, I do get that because I also rely on my, like, shows to show up on time. Like, I totally get it. So whenever something like that happens, I'm always very It's sad. consistency. When yeah. everyone's starting a podcast, I'm always like, consistency. Just have totally. your episodes come out yeah. the same day, usually same time. Because that's what people look into. And that being said, Darren, you and I haven't had a week off from a podcast in at least five years. In a long time. We have not, we never time. took a single week off of Martinis and Murder. We might have taken no. a week or two at most between Martinis and Murder and Shaken and Disturbed, but I don't even think it was that much. Um, I don't even think so. And we haven't taken a week off since. So look at us. We, no one is more consistent than we are. Anyway. Well, I mean, that's that's the good thing. I yes. see you sipping on something as, yes. we, as we talk. What is it? It's the it's end water. of it. It's what the end. It? <laughs> 
Sorry, that was me making fun no, of you. I didn't realize I said it out loud. No, it's the end of an era, Darren, because I am drinking some coffee. I don't have pickleball tonight right after we record, but... Oh, so we can get drunk? We can get drunk if we want, but it's the end of the era, of an era. I'm finishing off. I'm showing you in the in the uh, Zoom. Coffee whiskey. Oh, it's a little nip left. Just a little, little nip. Little nip. I'm going to splash it in right now, and we're going to say adios. Let me just... Okay. Wow, it really wasn't anything at all. Um, the coffee whiskey is done. This was, by the way, sent to us years ago at this point by I mean, First I finished Light. mine, I think, in one yeah, or two did. recordings. So <laughs> You did. You did. Um, Great. Well, I'm yeah, going a little lighter today, and I'm having, I'm having what we call in the trades a Mickey, which is a Mickey Ultra. Michelob Ooh. Ultra, my friend. Okay. So going the lesbian route today. <laughs> I was just going to say, kind of butch, but that's you know, fine. A little butch, yeah. um, but I'm here for it. Should we get into this week's case? Let's get right into it. Where I'm done blabbering. Let's go. On February 27th, 1958, Shirley Barron was born in Onondaga, sorry, Onondaga County, New York, the oh. third of her mother, Marilyn's four children. And in 1965, at the age of six, Shirley had a traumatic experience. Her sister Joyce's dress caught fire and had to be put out. Oh my God. And in 1966, while seven-year-old Shirley was spending the night at her grandmother's house, her three siblings, 11-year-old Peter, 10-year-old Joyce, and four-year-old Lita, were found to have all died in the night. Oh, my goodness. Okay, now remember, she's the second youngest of four, okay? So yeah. it is a little mysterioso that of all of them, you know, like... Totally. Why her? And I want to say really quickly before we move on, because I, I do feel like even though 1966 wasn't that long ago, they all, quote unquote, died in the night. D doesn't it feel like before like 1990, for lack of a oh, better time? There it is. Doesn't yep. it feel like a lot of times people people's cause of death would just be something so absurdly like random, like died in the night. Oh, those poor girls, they died in the night. Nobody knows yeah. what happened. They died in the night. And it was just, like, acceptable. I don't know. It's just weird. Right. Or it's just, you know, they didn't have the same type of rigorous system yeah. to kind of figure it out. Well, Shirley would later tell psychiatrists that she had tricked her sister into letting her go to her grandma's house while the other three children stayed home. Hmm. Okay. Investigators ruled the deaths an accident, most likely asphyxiation, due to fumes from a gas furnace, mm. which, to be fair... I mean, this was the kind of, I feel like this was the start of like, see, I don't even know when we started to have like smoke detectors and like carbon right. monoxide poisoning detectors in our apartments. But like ever since I've been living on my own and certainly since I was a kid, that was mm -hmm. a must. Yeah, for I mean, sure. that was like a must must. Well, police suspected one of the furnace's exhaust pipes were damaged by an animal. Only Shirley and her mother, Marilyn, survived the gas leak. Mm. And after her siblings' death, Shirley became an extremely difficult and often violent child. Family members stated that she would bite, throw things, dig her nails into you. But to be mm. fair, like, you, three of your siblings die before the age of 13? Like, I'm going to be traumatized for the rest of my life. Yeah, you're definitely, you've just gone through something, so that's somewhat understandable here. Is May mental health awareness? It month? is, yeah. Okay, so this is, the mental health workers have commented that's unusual to see this sort of response to a yeah. child's own trauma. Generally speaking, children who suffer similar losses early on turn their grief inward instead oh, okay. of acting violently. But I wonder if, like, turning your grief inward makes you violent later on. Yeah, right. You Maybe. know, because we've kind yeah. of seen that even through serial killers and murderers and things. You know, they had a traumatic experience. Right. They're a shy kid, and then it, like exacerbates when they're older. Yeah. In 1977, about a decade later, Shirley, now 18 years old, 
married 21-year-old Ronald Winters. And on the night of September 12, 1979, Shirley was home with her two sleeping children, three-year-old Colleen and one-year-old John, while Ronald was at work. And during the night, as Shirley watched TV in her living room, a fire broke out in the children's bedroom, killing both children. Okay, so let's let's keep track here. Yes. When Shirley was younger, her sister's dress caught on fire. Traumatic experience had to be put out. Yep. Then a year later, all of her siblings die in a gas leak, obviously, from something. Yeah. And then 11 or 12 years later after that... As an adult. Her children yeah. die. Yes. Okay. Horrible, by the way. That's a lot of death and sadness happening all around you. Um, Especially with, like, the same thing. Yeah, same kind of things here. Investigators identified the room's wood stove as the cause of the blaze. A piece of kindling had been left too near the stove and caught a light. So Mm. I, my grandparents have a wood stove that, that heats their whole house. Wow. I know. And it's kind of, it's amazing because you have never felt heat like you have felt from a wood stove. Uh, agreed. Oh my agreed. God. I mean, it could, it could dry laundry in like two seconds. A hundred percent. Another thing really it can good. dry really quickly is your nasal passages. Because every year I would come home for Christmas and I would stay at my grandparents usually and I would get sick every single time. I mean, nothing new. You can kind of hear I'm struggling a little bit today, but... I just remember every winter I'd come back and I'd be like, oh, my God, this heat, it's too much. But anyway, handle it. Yeah. But, you know, he my grandfather, who was kind of the one who took care of, you know, the heating of the house, he was always super careful. You know, something I always worried about, frankly, because I'm like, you know, you leave that door open on that barrel downstairs and something's going to go wrong. But thank God nothing like that has happened. But that's sort of what happened here with these with this family. Investigators also noted that just one day prior, a similar fire had occurred roughly 50 miles away in the home of Shirley's friend. The friend's three children had also died. What the... F- okay, so this, at least where we are in the story, says it's not really... Even though a lot of death is happening around Shirley, yeah. this is clearly happening around town. town. So it might not be that Shirley is the cause of any of this, because I think that's where we're all kind of going with this. Yeah. Something's happening. Similarly, miles down the road... This could be a problem in the town, you know? And even, but it's just weird that one day before this, you know, like I think that's quite a coincidence. I hear you, though. Absolutely. I agree with you. Absolutely. Shirley and Ronald separated shortly after the deaths of their children, but remained married. In June of 1980, Shirley and Ronald had another baby together, Ronald Jr. I can't even, like, I'm not a I parent, know. but like, obviously, I have young kids in my family. My sister's a, a mother. My best friends are now parents, so I get to see a different kind of perspective even from them. And, like, the idea to not only lose your children, but your siblings and your best friend's children and then still be able to want to even have more kids. I mean, I would be so traumatized by this that I don't know that I would want to. I mean, this is just me speaking about me. I'm not saying this is anyone else. But, like, I feel like I would have gone through such trauma that I couldn't imagine putting myself in a position to potentially lose someone else again, you know? Although although maybe, you know, they needed... She needed specifically a bright light and maybe... I mean, not to to sound crass in any sort of way or compare it to animals, but, like, you know, a lot of people get two cats or two dogs that are kind of different in age so that way when one is older and passes Mm. 
you can kind of have that younger one that to cushion. like rely on. Yeah. yeah, like kind of have that to like. That's, so maybe yeah. this is a little bit of that where it's like we need something to look forward to. No, and that makes sense. I mean, everyone grieves and plans their right. lives in different ways. So on November 21st, 1980, on Marilyn Winter's birthday, baby Ronald passed away at five months old. See, this is what I'm saying. His yeah, cause this of, is not good. His cause of death was uh, determined to be SIDS, S-I-D-S. Okay. Son and infant death syndrome. That's right. Thank you, Darren. On January 3rd, 1981, two separate fires. So now we're, a, you know, a couple months later, two separate fires occurred in Shirley's trailer. Both were ruled as arson by investigators. There's just okay, so, so much purposeful. going on. There's yeah. a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. On February 10th, a few weeks later, two more fires occurred in Shirley's home. The same day, Shirley was formally charged with arson. I mean, not for nothing, but all of these coincidences or all these fires happening around this woman's life. Like, either she's the common denominator or she is the absolute worst luck in the world of anyone that I've ever experienced. You guys, let me tell you something. You might think that this podcast is a small business. It ain't. It's anything but... We've got paperwork galore. It's tax season. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. Okay. And I'm constantly needing to mail things. Time is money. Don't waste either with repeated trips to the post office. With stamps.com, you can skip the trip and focus on how to take your small business to the next level. Stamps.com lets you print off official postage right from your computer and saves you money in the process. So you can spend less time at the office and more time making your customers happy. Because who wants to spend more time at the post office if you don't need to be there? So whether it was like the postcards that we sent, uh, many of you Patreon subscribers over the holiday season, or just general paperwork that needs done, a lot of stamps are used to keep shaken and disturbed up and running. Believe me. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Stamps.com gives you access to all the post office and UPS shipping services that you need right from your computer. I mean, it really couldn't be any easier than this. And you can get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS rates. You can't get a better bargain than that. So stop overpaying for shipping with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code SHAKEN for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code SHAKEN. Okay, so here's some... So, okay, she's officially charged with arson. She is apparently the one doing something around this. Here are a couple more details that are wild. On November 9th, 1982, while the arson case against Shirley was still ongoing, another fire broke out in Shirley's trailer, and she was charged with a separate count of arson. Jesus. In 1984, two years later, Shirley gives birth to a baby girl named Joy. A year later, 1985, she gives birth to another baby, Ashley. 1987, two years after that, Shirley divorced from her husband, Ronald, and gave birth to another baby, Clayton. Okay, so that's three, three kids. Three more kids, yep. She lost Ronald. That's right. And then how many kids originally had died? Did she have three? I want to say two or her three. Her friend had three. Her friend yeah, had two a Two or few. three. Yeah. Killing both children. Okay, so, so she's yeah. had 
five kids. Four or five kids. It's hard to keep kids. up with. I'm not good at math, especially not on air. So don't ask me that. Jesus. Okay. But yes, it's a lot going on all at once. So after the divorce was finalized, Shirley moved with her three children to Syracuse, New York. Um, it sounds like, by the way, the arson case from early, you know, early 19, when was that, 82, was, we don't have the details right here in front of us, but it doesn't sound like she was charged or maybe, you know, was able to do some sort of plea deal. We don't have those details, but she essentially was not in jail, so... There we go. However, in 1989, Shirley was brought to trial on even more arson charges oh stemming God. from an incident in Syracuse, New York. As Shirley awaited trial, fires occurred at two different residences where Shirley was staying. I mean, either she's the worst criminal ever. Like, <laughs> Should we? I want to mention, Megan sent us this research, and um, before I had even looked at it, she says... Here's an outline for you guys. Also, I recently learned every single different way known to man to phrase, quote, and then there was another house fire. I mean, like... We get and, it, and Megan. I did, we get we it. We get it. <laughs> I mean, so the first jury trial was deadlocked, okay. and the case was retried, and the second jury acquitted Shirley on the charge and allowed her to go free. Okay. I wonder how much evidence of the other I arsons could be too. presented in that, and I'm not sure anyone else could have been presented, and maybe that's fair. Yeah. But on November 12th, 1989, yet another oh fire, God. yet another house fire, yeah. and another one, <laughs> another as, one um, yeah. as uh, DJ Khaled says, and another one. Mm -hmm. On November 12th, 1989, yet another fire broke out in a basement storage room of Shirley's home. Shirley took two of her children, four-year-old Ashley and two-year-old Clayton, out to safety, but lost track of her eldest <sighs> five-year-old Joy. I, I don't That's know how lot. you lose track of your kids. Although I'm losing track of her kids, so maybe I can't blame <laughs> That's the mother true. here. Oh, yeah, we really are. Uh, Joy survived, but only because she was able to free herself from the home without help from her mother. And she's five. Yeah, Keep five that years in mind. Old. Joy later told her grandmother, Ronald's mother, later that Shirley had instructed her to stay inside the home during the fire. Oh, boy. And on January 6th, 1990, mm -hmm. after yet another fire at Shirley's home, social services Ugh. removed Clayton, Ashley, and Joy from their mother's care. I mean, how many fires does it take? Well, and it's also like, what are you do? Like, okay, so there's some sort of intention going on here, right? She's surrounded by fire after fire, as Megan said. But like, what is she doing? Is she Are these accidental fires? Or is she trying to burn the house down? Is she trying to light the wood stove? I mean, what exactly is happening we don't know we don't have the details in front of us but it's just like and at some point you need to change your behaviors when you have this many children well i mean i think it's clear that if her dog yeah. uh, you know if we believe this to be true if joy is saying right. that her mother instructed her to stay inside this is clearly uh something murder, bigger yeah right? right something bigger although that begs the question why save two and do one i don't know right um but Shirley's ex-husband, Ronald, took custody of the three kids, and after her children were removed, Shirley admitted herself to an inpatient psychiatric facility mm. where she resided for a few days. I have a feeling that's going to take more than a few days. Yeah. Well, throughout 1990, four fires broke out in and around the homes where Shirley was staying, including two fires in her aunt's garage, the latter of which completely destroyed her aunt's house. Oh, my God. Well, in 1990, Shirley attempted suicide by trying to jump off a bridge after visiting the graves of her first two children, John and Colleen. Well, I, let me just stop you there, yeah. because I do think that obviously her checking into a psychiatric facility mm -hmm. from the details that we know, I mean, this does feel a little bit like she's acting out. 
It doesn't yeah. make sense why she wouldn't try and save Joy, but it does seem like she's acting out something, this childhood trauma of losing all of her siblings. I and agree. I wonder if it's like, this is how she's processing it in all these ways. Yeah, unfortunately, that's probably a, a very likely. In November of that year, Shirley received her fourth arson charge, this time for a fire that broke out in a bowling alley near her home. So not only is she setting up some fires in her own home in her aunt's house, now she's taking it out on the bowling alley. But how many char- how many times do you have to be charged with arson before, before they like like if it's your 900th charge of arson? <laughs> right. I feel like I agree. We should it's a lot of, do something about that. A hundred percent, especially when you think about the death that's involved and potential murder, it sounds like even, you know. And property damage. Property, yeah. Like, hello. Well, in April of 1997, seven years after the last charge, a fire broke out in Shirley's mother's home in Onondaga, New York. Shirley was once again charged with arson. This time, Shirley pled guilty to the charge. Maybe that's the big difference here. Admitting that she knew her cousin was in the building at the time she started the fire. What? Shirley was okay. sentenced to prison for eight years this time around. Again, I'm thinking more to what you were just saying, Darren. Like maybe there wasn't enough evidence to like convict or something. I don't I don't know. But during this time, Shirley saw a psychiatrist to whom she admitted that whenever she went job hunting, she always made sure to find a workplace that had at least one quiet room where she could be alone while she responded to her hallucinations. Okay, so this is clearly a psychiatric thing. Absolutely. In 1999, on the 33rd anniversary of her sibling's death, Shirley spoke to a prison psychiatrist, telling them that she had always been obsessed with the deaths. Um, Shirley stated, quote, I have always felt each year on this day that I would die. It is scary. It would be fate, end quote. Hmm. And it's kind of haunting in a way. Like, obviously, there's a lot of... Why other people? Details. Yeah, but it's like to feel like you're the only one that survived your sibling's death. And then, like, you know, it's hard to process what people go through with this stuff. But I do kind of empathize with her in this way. Oh, it's like survivor's guilt. You yeah. know, a lot of people in the war talk about this when they come back. I mean, why did I get saved? And, and why right. did my best friend not? You know, and maybe Good that's point. it. Like, why did I have the luck to do that? And my siblings didn't. And yeah. So there's so many complicated layers with that, I think. Good point. In 2004, years later, Shirley was released from prison, but was sent back almost immediately by being in possession of a lighter. Because, of course, when you've been charged with arson, you're probably, you know, you can't be. Although a lighter is legal. So I'm wondering how they kind of caught her on that. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if it's similar to like um, when you're a felon, you can't shoot a gun or own a gun or anything, no matter what your felony is. Right. But like a gun, like a lighter isn't a, you know. (laughs) An innocuous thing. I mean, it, yeah. I guess not always, yeah. but it, you know, it's it's a little. It's like telling someone, like I get if you're getting caught for drunk driving, right? That sure. it's like you get caught again, you're going to lose your license. But that's also like saying you can never drink again, right? If you're of age, and like, no, you can. You just can't drink behind the wheel. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. It's interesting. I kind of want to like talk to a an attorney and hear what they say about that because I've never have heard of this before. Well, nonetheless, Shirley was released again in June of 2005. So all these years later, she's finally released. Hopefully she didn't buy a lighter when she got out. In 2006, Shirley admitted to a psychiatrist that she was hearing babies' voices, but when she turned around, there was no one there. 
And during these therapy sessions, Shirley let her doctors know that she hadn't been staying on her medication because she couldn't afford them. When she could afford to buy them, she often forgot to take them. And when she did remember to take them, they made her feel overweight. So there's really no incentive for her to take her meds here. And I know a lot of people feel that way. It mutes them or they lose their sex drive Uh or whatever. Around this time, during an inpatient stint in a psychiatric ward, Shirley's doctors noted that Shirley frequently felt compelled to hit her head against the wall and stab her legs with sharp objects. It's funny because, well, not funny. I mean, it's uh, odd because I feel like if if Shirley's life had happened in today's standards, yeah, or like I know. in 2022, her siblings had passed away, I feel like it would have almost been mandatory or at mm-hmm. least encouraged by the state, if not any sort of parental figure, to go get psychiatric help 100%. in some sort of way. Yeah. Like it would have, you know, obviously back in like 1966, this wasn't a thing that we were, it certainly was stigmatized and it certainly was not the thing that we felt like people needed. Yeah, um, you're so right. I'm curious today. On November 18th, 2006, Shirley visited the home of some friends who were staying with their two-year-old grandson, Ryan Rivers. And during the visit, Ryan drowned to death in the bathtub. A week after Ryan's death, police pulled Shirley over in her pickup truck because she was swerving the car. And when they spoke to her, they noticed that her clothing was torn and she had deep scratches on her wrist, neck, upper chest, and face. And as Shirley spoke to police, she also continuously muttered, quote, the evil is trying to get out, the evil has to stop. I mean, this is a level of mental illness that, I mean, I'm not an expert, I don't know all the diagnoses, so to speak, but it's like, this isn't just like she's making bad decisions, she feels like there's evil in her. Yeah, like that's a different level... And what I would assume, you know, like I said, I'm not an expert. I don't want to speak as a psychologist here, but I would assume that's like another level of danger as well. Absolutely. And, you know, Shirley informed police that she hadn't taken her schizophrenia medication and that she was trying to get an inpatient psychiatric facility, but it gotten lost along the way, which isn't unlikely because she's also talking about when she takes her medication well, that she hasn't taken her medication is going to make her feel a little out of sorts. But when she does take the medication, it also makes her feel out of sorts. Yeah. And sometimes she doesn't remember things. Yeah. So on March 16th, 2007, Shirley attempted suicide and was admitted to a hospital for inpatient care. Mm. In 2007, Shirley was indicted on two murder charges, each in different jurisdictions. And on March 28th, same year, 2007, an Onondaga County court charged her with the murder of her five-year-old son, Ronald Winters, in 1980. Wow. Ronald's cause of death was initially ruled as SIDS. However, after Ryan Rivers was drowned, investigators exhumed Ronald's body to conduct a full autopsy. Wow. During which time it was determined that Ronald had been smothered to death. That's horrible. So, wow. So this, so one person dies... They sort of think, that's a little bit odd. We should exhume this child's body to do a full autopsy. I mean, that's like traumatic in and of itself, if you ask I'm also me. kind of wondering why they didn't do that originally, originally especially totally. when an infant dies. But maybe there was some sort of link. I mean, thank God they kind of did that in order to get the proper answer here. And to your point, too, like at that time frame when this all went down, maybe they didn't have that technology or know to look for certain things, you know? Well, the bodies of Colleen and John, Shirley's first two children who died in that house fire, were also exhumed for autopsy, and it was found that both children had suffered blunt force trauma to their heads prior to the fire. Okay, but so it almost sounds like she's killing the kids yeah. and then lighting these fires to cover it up. But to me, you know, after we just said what we just said, blunt force trauma to the head, like that wasn't found the first time around? I don't know. Well... Unless 
because it was a house fire. It was so. Knows what the bodies yeah, look like. That's I mean, fair. not to be crass, but like. No, it's not. I yeah. don't. I don't know what a body would look like if it was under severe heat. I mean, obviously, that's I know true. that it would look burned, yeah. but I don't know. But I, I think know about like that. the skull. You know, like if you have blunt force trauma to the head, like I don't know. Again, this is just me speculating. I am not a professional. That yeah. We should. No, I, I feel like I need to start every episode moving forward with "I'm not a professional," you know, just so people know that I'm not. Or just an allegedly is fine. <laughs> right. So on September 19th, a St. Lawrence County court charged Shirley with the drowning of two-year-old Ryan Rivers in 2006. In April of 2008, by the way, we don't get a lot of shows, a lot of research from Megan where the time frame is so yeah. long. You know, like this yeah. is an ongoing, lifelong drama here with this person. April 2008, Shirley pled guilty to the first-degree manslaughter of both Ronald Winters and Ryan Rivers. Shirley noted that at the time she killed her son Ronald, she was, quote, only trying to seriously injure him. Oh, is that it? You know, like, that's all you were doing? I know, and it's so weird because, I don't know, I feel odd about this, right? Because something obviously terrible happened and she did horrible things, but at the same time, someone with mental illness doesn't know it's, any better in a it's sense. not a choice for them right you know right. it's like being a, it's like having an addiction yeah it's like when those people who are addicted to heroin for example mm-hmm. are can't be a mother to their kids and can't be a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever it is and those people are like yeah. you chose not to be with me it's like but did they choose that like i don't know if that's so much of a choice yeah. or so much as like in their in their mental illness or they're in their addiction and so it gets a little fuzzy here with the things that I can, with things that I feel comfortable judging. A hundred percent about that person. And another thing that I feel like I've never really mentioned on this show or otherwise is that, you know, we kind of sometimes paint mental illness as just this blanket thing. Like, oh, they have mental illness, but in reality, there are diagnoses that fall under mental illness that are very, very different. And it sounds like she was taking schizophrenia medication or was supposed to be that is like a whole set of circumstances about like your personality and like what's going on in your day-to-day life that is very different from you know like what chronic depression which is like a mood disorder you know or at least that's kind of again I'm not a professional I'm just throwing that out there no and if you haven't listened to our Thursday NMR you should go back because we kind of discussed this a little bit with the Amber Heard Johnny Depp Mm, trial yeah yeah, yeah. I kind of dive into that but yeah, it's and there's shades of mental illness too. I mean, yeah. it's just it feels I don't know, it feels icky. It's just something I feel like especially if you're listening, like when you hear mental illness, don't just think it's depression or schizophrenia or bipolarism or disorder. You know, it could be one or all of those things. Ever everyone's brain chemistry is different. That's just kind of my yeah. my my caveat here. But anyway, under the terms of her plea agreement, agreement, Shirley pled guilty to both charges simultaneously and in wow. return was allowed to serve whatever sentences she was granted simultaneously. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Okay. okay. As part of this plea deal... Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. Okay. You're good. As part of this plea deal, Shirley was able to avoid prosecution for the deaths of Colleen and John which is odd to me personally. If Shirley had been convicted of each indictment separately, she would have faced multiple life sentences. Exactly. That's why it was weird to me. In June of 2008, Shirley was sentenced to 20 years in prison by the St. Lawrence County Court and 8 to 25 years in prison by the Onondaga County Court. That one's a tough one to say all through this episode. 
Shirley is currently incarcerated at Bedford Hills Correctional Facility, serving both sentences consecutively and will be eligible for parole in 2025. In total, Shirley was linked to 17 fires at homes where she lived or at the homes of her family members. Again, remember her aunt's house burned to the ground. She also spent time in inpatient psychiatric wards on 28 separate occasions where she was treated for over a dozen illnesses, including dissociative disorder, bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, schizophrenia, psychogenic amnesia, and pyromania. Which I didn't even think pyromania probably is a mental disorder. I didn't quite put that together, but that makes yeah. sense here. Um, and by the way, this is a, that, what I was just saying is a great example of, you know, there are multiple different things under the umbrella of mental illness here. Right. On at least seven occasions, Shirley was readmitted into inpatient programs within two days of being released from her previous stay. Shirley's prison social worker has gone on record to state that he believes the mental health system has failed Shirley. I think that and that's many true. others. Yeah. Let me just tell you that. Although she clearly suffers from severe mental illness, she continually sabotaged any offers for help and has always been functional enough that she couldn't be involuntarily treated until she became a danger to herself or others, which is like, you know, that's the protocol we hear to this day on how they how the public kind of handles this stuff. Right. Right. He went on to state his hope that her time in prison will allow her the opportunity to receive meaningful psychological intervention because for the first time in her life, Shirley will have to work with the same medical team and not be able to jump from doctor to doctor, which I think is really important when it comes to mental health and psychiatric evaluation, you know? That yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a little bit like how I view the Catholic Church. It was like then they have like a weird pedophile priest. It's like, right. let's not fire him. Let's just send him to another To a different church, church. yeah. Exactly. You know, like... Like, that's not the right answer. And at first, when you were talking, I was just like, okay, she gets 20 years. She obviously probably deserves a lot more than that just for the murder of these yeah. of these people, um, or alleged murder, rather, because I guess if she's not convicted, she's not convicted. However, um, when she gets out of prison, I, I, I sort of wanted to see as, like, part of her plea deal that, like, when she's out of prison, yeah. even though she's working with mental health professionals in the prison— that she's like mandated to go to a psychiatric facility yeah. like or stay in inpatient care because yes she deserves to be punished for prison i'm just not sure that's going to make her a better citizen this isn't going to reform her in fact this might even exacerbate any mental illness right that she has. yes good point and you know this isn't just about um psychological rehabilitation i mean this is something that happens to a lot of prisoners you know throwing them in jail isolating them away from the world how is that rehabbing anybody in the United States? I mean, we, you and I have talked so much about prison reform and how we think prisoners should be treated and the type of, you know, debt to society they've paid. Like they shouldn't, you know, be True. be eventually let out and then continue to pay that debt. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It's like a weird thing that like our society and culture at large. I also wonder. I wonder. A lot, and there's a lot of questions I have with this, but mm -hmm. I wonder how this would have been different if she was a man. Great. Would they have believed Ooh. that she, you know, like, I think a lot of people probably empathize with mothers more than they do with fathers and with women more than they do with men. Right. Because women are fragile creatures. I'm just saying, like, public opinion. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. this is fact. I'm just saying, like, women are vulnerable. Women are... 
the victims a lot of times. And so it's like, I, you know, maybe we don't want to believe that a mother could possibly do this and have, you know, seven of her own kids. And I wonder if it was the father, if it was Ronald who was doing this. Yeah. You know, like, I, I just, I wonder if he would have been behind bars a lot sooner than, than Shirley was. And you have um, to think, too, like, you know, coming out of the 70s where the serial killer is first invented, so to speak, and it's usually a man, you know, there might be a little bit of a different perspective on how to easily. treat female murderers, especially with mental illness, you know? No, that's easily. a really good question. Uh, that's something to think about for sure. I mean, and it's impossible to say, yeah. right? Like, it could have easily worked out the same way or whatever, but I often wonder how gendered mm -hmm. our court system really is, Um either beneficially yeah. or disadvantageously. I just wonder how much we really focus and how much our implicit bias in yeah. our mind oh, changes yeah. people's decision about these things. Especially because, you, know? you know, you kind of think back to those all those arson charges early on. It's like, how does she get out of those? How did she... And again, you know? go back to the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp conversation yeah. that we have because a lot of that has to do with our perceptions of gender and what we think and who we believe and mm -hmm. what's going on here. So... It's just an interesting thing to think about, really I think, is. as we move forward and when you read headlines of just like and, and and I don't even think it's worth necessarily saying like, oh, it wouldn't have happened with this and that. I think it's a, I think it's an interesting like thought point to just have in the back of your yeah. mind. If you ever serve on a jury or you're encouraging others, you know, when they're talking about these cases and looking them up, or if they become criminal justice lawyers or whatever, it's just it's interesting how that happens. But um, Yeah, I agree. Let's let's put out this podcast on a positive note. <laughs> let's get the intended. fire extinguisher out and uh, get things back under control here. Exactly. Let's get to some listener shout outs. Yeah. Kayla on Patreon messaged us and said, so excited to finally join. You guys keep me sane as a new mom to my own little radish. <laughs> oh, thank you for being my happy place. Oh, oh, I know. And congrats on being a new mom. Yes. Congratulations, Kayla. And when she sent that, I was like, oh, my God, a happy place. That's so sweet. That's so cute. Whitney on I pa love it so much. I love it too. Whitney on Patreon also messaged us and said, quote, I'm so happy to support the work the two of you and Megan do every week. By the way, I love that she mentioned Megan, so thank you, Whitney. Oh, absolutely. We would not have this show if it weren't for Megan. I started listening to you guys as soon as Martinis and Murder came out, and I laughed and cried with you and laughed and laughed some more. You're my faves, and sponsoring the show is really just like helping friends out with whatever they need. Thank you for oh. always keeping me laughing on Monday mornings, Darren. Like your mom, as I get ready for work, you are so amazing. Thanks so much for this podcast. Whitney. Well, Whitney, you should really be thanking my mom yeah. and me for reminding John not to be <laughs> putting right. the AM. Uh, yes. I'm putting the PM instead of AM. But, you know, Whitney, I'm going to allow John to take this compliment as well. I'll take really that one. A lot of John yes. and Megan's work. But uh, thank you so much for those nice I words. Know. It's so nice. Especially and from like, Patreon members. We love that so much. I know. And, and speaking of which, of course, please consider signing up for Patreon if you would like bonus episodes, content, and exclusives. We don't release anywhere else. It's very important to us. That's right. We really appreciate it. That's right. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this right now. It really helps us get discovered. It really does. And of course, uh, as our beautiful listener shout out from Whitney mentioned, <laughs> we of course have to thank the third wheel on our car. <laughs> Uh, so one, two, three. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. We love you, Megan. We love you guys. I have. She really figured out nine hundred different ways. She to did. Say. She really. And then did. another house fire. <laughs> another another house and, fire. And yes. then another one. Listen, so, that's why we keep her job. on board. She finds all the different fun ways to say someone's house is burned down. 
She's a maverick. All right, guys, we'll see you next week for another episode of Shaken and Disturbed. Bye. Bye.